And now the creator of Ren and Stimpy, Bob Kemp. Rolls downstairs, alone in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. It's great for a snack, it fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It's log, it's log, it's big, it's heavy as wood. It's log, it's log, it's better than bad, it's good. Everyone wants a log, everyone loves a log. From Blamo. There we go, that's the log song. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we've been guilty of witchcraft. Me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Yeah, well, what can I tell you? It's been an interesting night so far, and gonna get more interesting from the second day sushi stall. The only freeze-dried fish byproduct with no actual fish contact whatsoever on sub-level 9, deep in Area 51. Welcome to TalkCast 369, yet another edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight with Restless Leg Syndrome, I'm your host, The Dome. Joining the TalkCast with us tonight in the Peabody Time Tunnel, our button-pushing keyboard-clacking sonic screwdrivering violent virtuoso, Kriana, who we may not even hear. And I'm pretty sure we didn't. Uh, but she's in the background somewhere because buttons need to be pushed, and she's the one who's doing it. Uh, but she's pushing other people's buttons at the same time. Back from her well-deserved vacation in the stacks of the Dank Dungeon Super Secret Library at the Cyborg University's adjunct campus in Mineral Wash Springs, New South Jersey. Zombrian's not really there yet either, although she may be back by now. Are you back by now? You are not. <laughs> and of course, Java isn't with us tonight, or, or at least not yet, so we'll find out if he is at some point. But our guest tonight is, um, and he doesn't even know this yet, the latest inductee into the Five Timers Club here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. It's our old Woo! friend, Jay Morris. Jay, welcome back to the show, hey, man. It's been a while. Didn't even prep me for that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, you know, had, had Skype not totally fucked with us tonight, that might have happened. But there's no prep <laughs> at all. We haven't prepped a goddamn thing. So it's just going to be one of those weird-ass nights, and whatever is, is. Jay, welcome back, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you feeling, Les? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat back and somewhat as good as I once was. And in other ways, just fucking amazing but <laughs> well good um, i mean i i think i saw you at super mega fest a year ago yeah and then well, paths have not crossed very much lately no no well and there's a lot of reasons for that uh not the least of which has been me but uh that that that's probably going to change a little bit hopefully over this convention season 
you may remember Jay from uh, Autumn Gray. You may remember him from Illweed. You may remember him uh, from Eden Park Tales. Or you may remember that he just used to hang around here a lot and, and is probably going to again. And we've got a whole bunch of new stuff to talk about that's going on in, in your artistic world. So fill us in on what's been going on for the past. You realize your first time on the show was in 2014? Yeah, and we were talking about A Planet's Cry back then, if you even remember that one. We absolutely were. Uh, you know, and the weird thing is, I'm trying to remember where we met, and I believe it was Boston Comic-Con? I think it was probably Boston, yes. Yeah, in, in 2013. So right. how weird my, is my that? My first year of conventions. <laughs> so in, in the past so, year and a half since the last time we spoke to you, uh, what's been going on in the Eden Park universe? Well, let's see. Um, I had, I believe last time I talked to you, I had created the trade book for uh, Autumn Gray, which is my my uh, frontline comic book via Eden Park Tales. Right. Um, and at the time, I would, I believe that was launching the Kickstarter. Yes. Yes, we had just done the Kickstarter. Yeah, um, which did not succeed. And hey, that happens at to the best of us. It happens to a lot of people. Yep, I know. But at the time, it, it you know, so I was like, all right, people aren't interested in Autumn Gray, so I kind of ventured away from it for a bit. Um, I worked on another novel called Scales and Sand, which I believe I may I may have been working on at the time last time I spoke to you. Yeah, I believe you were. I don't think we yeah, ever really is, got a chance to talk about that, but yeah, well, that book is is completed. It's it's been out there for a while now. It's doing very well. It's um my original novel, Illweed. It is actually not a direct sequel, but it takes place in the same world as that book. So there are references to things that happen in one book that are in the other book. You know, it's almost like um how Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, yeah, that makes. Novels take yep. place in the same town. And, and as that I recall, we all really liked Illweed, too. You did. I remember Kriana always saying, there's a ferret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a different book than a lot of stuff that was going on at the time. In that, you know, there's a lot of dark fiction going on at that point right. in time and everybody was seeing just how noir we could make it and just how bloody we can make it and i've got 15 different shades of black on this page can you tell and the answer is no you really can't and and then you came along and there's this uh really uh oh it's a beautiful book i mean i still have my copy of it and as as i was uh, prepping for this week's show i just went and i grabbed all my uh hard copies of uh of Autumn Gray and uh, Illweed. What was the other one that I had? There was one other one. I oh, can't remember what it is. Planet's Cry, probably. It might have been. And I'm just kind of going, yeah. Is Jay's always been different visually 
than most other people, and it refreshingly so. Well, thank you. Well, that's all right. I, I, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Scales and Sand is something that I did in lieu of continuing Autumn Gray at the time. Um, yeah, you kind of let was, Autumn Gray go away for a while, didn't you? Right. After, after a devastating Kickstarter campaign, I felt like the, the wind had been sucked out of the sails of it. So I, I ventured onto other things. I started a couple new comic series with other people. Um, yeah. I finished my novel, Scales and Sand. Um, and then I started getting emails from fans complaining about, you know, patiently waiting for the next book. And it started to build. So that, that was actually was like, the impetus for you to go back to that series and, and work on it some more? Yes. Uh, well, I spent some time working on other people's projects. As much as I love doing that, there's nothing quite like working on your own project. That, that's the artist in me. You know, I love writing and drawing my own story more than anything. It makes it so much more fun. I mean, I have fun drawing other people's comics, but when it's your own baby, it just, I don't know, it, it's so much more refreshing to work on it for me. Yeah. So I just, I saw a window of opportunity. I was waiting on a couple of things from some people and I'm like, I have time. So all of a sudden I just started working on the new issue of Autumn Gray and I managed to get it finished uh, just a couple of months ago. So Autumn Gray right now is on volume six. Yes. And uh, if I may be totally honest with you, Go for it. There's been a there's been a real shift in your style from volume one to volume six. But I did volume one. It was my first comic. I mean, th there's right. been a lot of things in between issues, so you can definitely see a progression in me as a comic artist from one to six. Right. You absolutely can. Um, so, so a lot of times, people, yeah, I, I was just going to say, go at a convention, people want to buy issue one because they want to start start the story. But I feel like I've progressed so much personally as a comic artist since issue one that I'm like, no, no, don't get issue one. And I ha so finally, with issue six, I've recapped what happened in issues one through five, so people can start at six. And then if they love it, they can go back and check out what happened in one through five in more detail. It's really interesting uh, from my point of view, because this is now actually almost year five of you doing Autumn Gray. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, <coughs> nobody remains static in, in their artistic endeavors or very few people I won't say nobody uh, you doing other projects in that interim uh with other people as well as on your own you've i i mean it's fair to say matured as an artist a little bit you've changed as an artist a little bit your attention and focus has shifted in as you're putting panels together differently than it was uh but it's fun to see 
I mean, it is neat. Like, I, I could flip through the trade book. Even there, you go from page one to the end of the book, and there's a there's a pretty vast difference. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not necessarily I, – I don't see that as a bad thing at, at all. In fact, I, I see that as a, not necessarily a, a, a time capsule, but more of a, of a timeline – Here's where this story started. Here was my original thought for the story. Here's my original thought for the characters. Here's my original thought for the visuals. And as these characters and this story grew, here's what changed along the way. And, you know, um, for me, and I've said this since the beginning of Autumn Gray, that there's a sense of uh, it, it's very pretty and very beautiful. And it's a really cool story. But there, there's a an undertone of creepiness to it that flows back and forth. And I've always mm -hmm. kind of liked that about the book, isn't it? It never went totally dark. The story never went totally dark. The pictures never went, you know, dark and ugly and bloody and gory. And, but there was always that, that edge there. And that's, that's what's made, uh, for me, Autumn Gray, a, a different story and a different series from most series it's it's just comic it's hard for a comic book and i know i'm babbling now and i apologize for that it's hard for a comic book to be one-dimensional and yet there are a lot of them that are right. <laughs> it's and, well with this the hardest thing i had which i've learned over time it's, it's very hard to slowly build and that's kind of what i wanted to do with autumn gray but it makes it difficult to get someone to invest in the story from issue one when you don't give them a lot in issue one. You know what I well, mean? Like the story starts yeah, out kind of I, slow. I, I and do know that that's what you think you've done. And I disagree with you. I think you gave a very good story in issue one. And again in issue two. But it's but it's your storytelling chops have gotten better as well. So, you know, everything grows and when it comes together, it grows exponentially. So now you're, now you're in episode six yeah. and in episode six, I am not going to give away any of the plot whatsoever. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. What I am going to say is some of the visuals uh, in the middle of this book, there there are panels that I just kind of went, wow, that's really nice. And one of them on page twenty nine, the top panel on page twenty nine, yeah, I just hit it and I, I just kind of went, that is so expressive for a black and white panel of a girl in the forest, and it was oh, just I know wonderful. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and th that panel was wonderful. The succeeding panels after that are set at skewed angles so that you're not really sure how to flow with it, and yet it flows beautifully. Um, it's it's very fun. Very, very fun. Um, so you're on episode six now, and that doesn't come out for another week or so, right? It, it's already out. Oh, it's already out? Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. Um, it's available through my website, uh, EdenParkTales.com, um, or people mostly reach me via Facebook. Um, oh, yeah, I'm mailing out a whole bat batch of them this weekend. 
Nice. Or the, or the Christmas sales. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what are people saying about, who, who've gotten them already? What kind of response are you getting on episode um, six, right? I'm getting very strong responses. Um, most people are like, all right, I don't want to wait a year for number seven, so get going. Which was my so leads to my next question. Uh, and, and that is, uh, yeah, is uh, have you got a story continuum going here yeah, that actually, you can... Uh, the story of Autumn Gray um, is, is 10 issues to the completion of the Autumn Gray story. Um, so I, I have it laid out, and I've already written episode 7. I'm planning on... Starting episode, I have another comic I have to work on while I'm working on a comic now. I have one more comic I have to do right after Christmas. And then I'm hoping to have at least the first half of it done by free comic book day. So I can print up like a teaser of part of part seven to give out for free comic book day. And then I'm hoping before the end of the spring to have uh, issue seven complete. Let me ask you a question, and I don't think I've ever asked you this one before. Although, after being five times on the show, I think I've probably asked you everything I could think of. Um, did you start out with, you said this 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 was originally meant to be a 10-episode shot. Did you, when you did the first episode, have those 10 at least kind of Preceed out, kind of a one to um, be here, then the next one going to be here. I didn't know how many issues it was going to take to get to where I want to get by the end of issue, t well, the end of Autumn Gray. And it's, I'll just clarify, it's not the end of the story at the end of Autumn Gray, because then I go into a winter, a winter collection. Nice. Continuation of the story. Um, and then there's, I have a spring one and a summer one. So technically, the entire thing is 40 issues or something like that. But it's going to be one of those things that I kind of work on in between other projects. I'm hoping to get two issues out a year would be great. Or maybe it'll take off and then I'll just work on it exclusively. And then I can get is, you know six or seven out a year. That would be awesome as far as I'm concerned. Is it your plan at the end of this story arc, the autumn story arc, to, uh, I don't know, think about the Kickstarter again and maybe do an omnibus yep. of the... Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm Excellent. planning on, once I get 6 through 10, uh, like I did with 1 through 5, the originals are all in black and white, and then the trade book is all in color. So when I make the trade of 6 through 10, I'm going to color that entire thing. Um, I don't put a lot of color in it. I don't know if you've seen any of the color work. I have. Done for Autumn Gray? Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I sent you I sent you stuff to look at. Yes, yeah. you did. But I, <laughs> and it, it, I don't put too much color in it, just enough to make it easier to read. Because I like that gray tone feel to it. Um, There's something but, kind uh, of what I'm about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so six through 10 will be a trade. And then I want to do like a, 
Uh, maybe I'll do a hardcover, one through ten. Thing will be about five hundred pages long, so <laughs> so it'll be a pretty big book. Yeah, yeah that that um, that sounds amazing. I know when you started out, you started out uh, having a partner that you worked with. Yep. The two of you kind of worked, Christy McDonald, and and you and Christy worked together for a couple of years uh, on different mm -hmm. projects and stuff. Then Christy went on to do her thing. You went on to do yours. Yep. Um, and now you're kind of moving back into working with other people, sometimes on one-shot deals and, and sometimes uh, for, for series. Um, right. What am I looking for? Looking for the comic series Hush? I'm looking for my goddamn notes, and I can't. There they are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now you're working with Jason Moulton. Uh, on a, yep. a, what I guess is going to be a series called Hush. And mm -hmm. Jason is doing the storyline, and you're doing the visuals on this. Yep. How'd that one yep. come about? Um, well, I got to know him um, through Comic-Cons. He, he's the guy who puts together the Vermont Comic-Con, or I guess we have to call it Comic Expo now, huh? <laughs> Can't call it Comic-Con anymore. That's because right. But the Vermont, you're the Vermont comic. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's gotten a letter from him, but <laughs> but yeah. So he he does that that show, and I got to know him through the through the comic convention circuit. Um, and he told me about a novel that he had started writing. Like many of us, we all, all have novels that we started writing. Um, but he he saw my art style and felt that you know it would go well with the story, so we tried a we put together a short eight page um, zero issue of like a like a tester of yeah. his com of his comic concept, um, and over the course of the last six eight months, I think we've collectively sold five or six thousand copies of that. Um, that's kind of impressive. Constantly email, yeah, constantly emailing us, uh, wanting to know where the first issue is. So, it that little zero issue was very popular. So, I mean, we're getting ready. I'm finishing up one project now, and then right after Christmas, I'm going to start working on Hush Number One. He's already has the script written, so that that should be done before winter's out. And, and collaboratively, uh, although you've done it in the past and you, you've done it with more than one person in the past, but collaboratively, it's it becomes a different different kind of a very different thing. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Um, working with Jason, he is very loose as far as the artwork goes. I get a script from him, and it's actually a lot of times it's it's copy and paste from the novel. It doesn't really have specifics on what he's looking for on the pages. So it is, I am very free to kind of do what I, I want to do with it. Um, so it's, it's actually, I've worked with different people and some people have very structured 
um, ideas for each page, and, and you, you can't stray from what they want. Um, and then he, he's like the other extreme where it's kind of, you know, as long as this happens somewhere on the page, make the page happen however <laughs> you want, you know, that kind of thing. So, how, so it, how involved was well. he? Cool. How, how involved is he in the cre visual creation of the characters? Do you guys collaborate on those, how they look uh, and how they interact kind of deals? Um, well, with the Zero issue, um, he didn't have very much in character description in there. Um, but he just threw in a little paragraph like, oh, this guy, you know, I think he kind of wears flannels and he's he, 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 like torn off sleeves and he looks kind of tough. And that was about what I get for a description. So then I, uh, like I do with anybody I work with, the first thing I do is I draw their main characters until until they get they look the way they want them to look, and then I'll start working on the pages. Um, but you know, he he left most of it pretty open to my own interpretation. Well, I think the good thing from his point of view is knowing your style, which I'm sure he did. Right. Um, you know, there's kind of a a preconception that if Jay's going to do these characters, they're going to have this kind of a feel to them. Right. And uh, it's very, I won't say very different because there's a lot of similarities there, but you've got some um, really different characters in this. And I'm sure right. that has to do more with his storytelling that forces right. you to put. It's a very different, different setting. It's a different. Characters in right. <laughs> it's it, it just, it's, it, you know, it's not the same kind of setting as, as Autumn Gray. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> not, not the same kind of story either. So what are the plans for Hush? Um, well, like I said, we're going to put the, we're putting together uh, issue one. So I'm going to be hopping back and forth between Autumn Gray and the Hush series and a couple of other uh, series that I have, I have a couple, like one-shot deals I'm working on with a couple different people. Um, I have one right now called Gang of Two, which is a somebody, um, it's their first time writing a comic. I met them at a convention. And they outright hired me to draw the comic. It's a one-shot deal. It's about um, Gang of Two is basically about these two girls that you know, sisters that live a uh, pretty poor life. Their dad doesn't really earn much money. Um, their mom left them, but they use their imaginations a lot and. It's, it's kind of like an adventure story of these two girls, you know, the, the weird things they have in their home, like in their life, like leaking ruse and, and, and squalor, like doesn't bug them at all. They're just, they use their imaginations. They have fun, that kind of thing. Little adventure story. <laughs> that brings us to an interesting question. You and I have been together in a, in a bunch of, uh, uh, conventions, convention settings. And o over the course of those years, uh, you've had a lot of writers, some first-time writers, 
some writers who have been around for years come up to you and say, I have this idea for a comic. I'm looking for a guy to draw it. Are you interested? And, and sometimes, I mean, I'll take a look. I'll take a look at any script anybody wants, you know, to me, me to take a look at. But I've, I've turned down a lot of stuff, whether it's you know, just something that I don't see as something fun for me to work on. Um, or just timing, maybe they want it done too quickly, or it's too big a project that I'd have to put too many other things on hold. Um, well, there's there's also a lot of times where the story they want to tell is not a story you want to draw for whatever right. reason, yep. or just doesn't yep. fit with the style of what it is you're comfortable at. Right. I mean, and that's yep. the odd yep. thing about conventions is that this kind of uh, it's it's got this kind of a yard sale attitude to it, where people are selling in the booths, people are walking by, and they're holding their manuscripts and going, "I need to talk to you about this," and and, and there's buying and selling going on all over the place, and especially at smaller conventions, I don't think that happens much at places like Boston anymore. Uh, no, for a it lot of reasons. More, yeah, it, it's just it's not that kind of an environment anymore. Uh, but there have been, so uh, over, the, over, the, over the course of the last two years, there have been a number of much smaller conventions, mini conventions, if you will, in which this kind of one-on-one -on -one contact uh, uh, that used to happen at virtually every convention is now happen now back again more and more, uh, so that you, you, you're getting uh, not just high over a table or give me $50 and you can take a picture with me. Uh, <laughs> but it's become yep. much, it's become much more again, the, that's a really pretty book. Um, can I talk to you about my idea for one? And who knows, maybe something will happen. So, yeah, you know, uh, I'm maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm just personally very happy to see those kinds of things come back. Yeah, uh, actually, as far as convention circuits go, I I do maybe one or two big shows a year at this point. It, it is very difficult to sell something people don't recognize at a show where it's very difficult to have a conversation with anybody. Um, like the huge yeah. shows with the, the seas of people trying to move up and down the aisles. You don't get a, a lot of people that stop to strike up a conversation, some through a book that they're not familiar with, you know? Usually they're and just these, trying to these... get to the line for whatever it is they came in there for, or <laughs> or where's the bathroom well, over there? Okay. <laughs> it, here's the issue. You know, it costs them $50 to get in. It costs them yep. $30 to park. They're spending $200 for 45 seconds with two celebrities to get a picture taken with them and have them sign it and go, hi, thank you, and move on. Somebody else is next. And by the time they're done with all that stuff, A, they don't really want to spend much more money. No. And they're not really interested no, in anything else there. Yeah, right. that's very true. So, you know, from my point of view, there's a lot of things going on right now that look really, really, really interesting. 
uh, in the New England area. I think the mm-hmm. largest convention I have any intention of going to anymore is Granite Con. Yeah, that's about probably about that, the largest I go to at this point. And that's just because it's right around the corner, and the guys at, at Double Midnight Comics have been friends of the show since day one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's that kind of a thing. Um, okay, so you've got Hush, you've got Gang of Two, um, you've got Autumn Gray number six out, and you're working on seven through ten to finish that up. What's this about dragons you've been working on? Well, I was always a hesitant about selling fan art at conventions. But I know that that's a lot of people's bread and butter at shows. I was going to say, why were you hesitant about that? Um, because I feel odd selling my own pictures of other people's characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do it. I mean, I, I have, you know, I'm, I have, I draw like parodies of superheroes and stuff like that. But then I just, over the past year, when I wasn't working on Autumn Gray, I um, I just started painting dragons. I was like, you know what? I used to draw dragons all the time back in high school. You know, who doesn't love a dragon? So I just started painting dragons. And suddenly, I went to one convention. I had prints of four dragons in the four paintings. And before the show opened, I had sold three of the paintings. And I was out of two of the dragons as far as prints went. Nice. It's an interesting discovery, isn't it? Yes. Um, so I painted a bunch more, and right now I have one out of uh, 12 still in my possession as far as originals go. Um, That's crazy. I just started just, you know, I'll just paint a dragon any way I want to paint a dragon, and then I'll post them online, and then people want to know what show I'm going to be at because they want to claim claim the paintings. Um, so I just started, you know, when I want to take a break from comics, um, if I want to take a break from working on other people's projects, I'll just whip out a canvas and paint a dragon. Not bad. No. And the, they work at the anime conventions. They work at the comic conventions. I'm sure if I did Renaissance fairs or something, they do great there too. They just, they're universal. <laughs> That's wonderful. <coughs> Sorry about that. No problem. The good thing is you've got a lot of different projects going on right now. Like I uh, always you've do. got a lot of Yeah, but I mean <laughs> there's there's a sense of moving towards completion to do other things, which is wonderful. Uh, what are your plans for conventions this year? I know that last year, uh, or at least the year before that, you tended to cut way back. Yeah, um, I'm not doing it. I don't have a ton booked yet. Um, I'll be doing the Vermont Comic Con show, obviously. Um, is another one up in up in Vermont in the spring, which is more more of an art focused show um, yep. called Green Mountain Comic Expo. Um, 
I'm doing the Saratoga Comic Cons. There's one in the spring and one in the fall. Oh, uh, nice. I have a pretty big following out there. Yep. That, Very that's cool. been a great show for me for years. Um, I'll be doing Plastic City, which is one of those that you were just talking about before, um, which is, is it in Fitchburg or Lemonster? I think it's in one Fitchburg of those this year, yeah. Okay. At the, yeah, uh, that's, always, that's been a great show. Um, I'm oh, and I've got to tell you, I, I was keen uh, this year for their first Comic-Con, and I yeah. had a wonderful time there. I'm, nice, I'm loving small, these, these shows. I'm, I'm loving yep. being able to, I mean, you need to have enough people so you don't get, you don't look around and just see vendors all day, but exactly. But like these shows where some, you get a steady stream of people, but, but they can stop at every table and talk to everybody. I, I mean, I love the interaction and then a lot of the bigger shows, you don't get that interaction anymore. There needs to be more of these, and I think that's that's the new wave. There's not going to be any mid-sized shows anymore. They're going to be one-day one-shots uh, that don't tax the 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 vendors and and artists and writers having to worry about uh, not just paying for the table, but also paying for a hotel for the night, um, and it not terribly expensive for the entrance coming in so that mm -hmm. they can enjoy looking at artwork they don't usually get to see or artisans they don't usually get to talk to. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping there's a lot more of this coming up because it's, yeah, it's I think something they're, they're, that, they're two different things now. I think the big shows are, are turning, they're not comic focused anymore. They're, um, they're big celebrity pop shows. Um, and I think yeah, these little are shows are, are becoming the Comic-Con now. Except you can't call it that. The Comic Expo. You can't call it that. <laughs> I'm going to have to call them Expos. But yes. that's okay because we can do that. We will call them Comic Expos. And one day, tons of fun. Jay, it's been great talking to you again. I'm really glad you reached out with their new information. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Morris, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me on again. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of PlanetCon. Eatingcomic.com, Sibus.com, and ComicArthouse.com. This is Comic Art House for some of the best deals on the line. Dozens of your big artists. If you have a free moment, take a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's book anthology your family. Now what goes on and more than some exciting developments. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts and more of his creations Rob Watts on my own. This was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find their stuff on Lawrence It's amazing. Big thanks to the gang tonight for the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Brianna actually got the cue tonight. Thank you so much, darling. So I'm probably somewhere in the background. Thank you for being here with us tonight. This is
I know.